0: John chapter 1 is where we'll be, John chapter 1. And once you find it, go ahead and stand and we'll get into the reading of the scripture this morning. John chapter 1. And uh, we'll begin reading in verse 19. John 1. Last Sunday, if you remember, we uh, looked at John the Baptist's testimony about Jesus Christ. The Jewish religious leaders, the Sanhedrin, they would have been called. They come to, to this strange guy. He's out in the wilderness. He's dressed in a camel skin a three-piece suit, I don't know, that's my imagination. He's baptizing people, he's preaching repentance, and they they need to go figure out who this guy is. So they go to the wilderness, and they come and essentially ask this question, who art thou? Who are you? What are you doing out here in the wilderness? And last week, we looked at John's first three answers. He says, I'm not the Christ, I'm not Elijah, I'm not just another prophet, Elijah was very clear about who he was not. And by the way, he was okay with who he was not. He was okay with not being something that maybe people would consider special. He was okay with that. He embraced who he was in Jesus Christ. And I'd like to look at that part of his answer. We'll begin reading in verse 19. It says, and this is the record of John or the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites... ...from Jerusalem to ask him, who art thou? And he confessed and denied not... ...but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then, art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not... Okay, art thou that prophet? In Deuteronomy 18, Moses speaks of a prophet through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that God would send a prophet to the children of Israel anytime they needed a special message uh, from the Lord. And he said, No, I'm not, just another prophet. Then they said in him, verse 22, Who art thou? That we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. And they they which were sent were of the Pharisees, and they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? Hey, if you're nobody, then why are you out here doing this? John answered them, saying, Basically, you know what, you're right, I am nobody. He said, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoe latchet I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethabara beyond Jordan where John was baptizing. So they come to John, they say, who are you And his answer has so much to teach us because they literally, they say, what sayest thou of thyself? And notice John didn't even identify himself by name. If somebody comes to you and says, who are you? What do you say about yourself? I would say, I'm Jason. I'm the pastor of Eastside Baptist Church. My wife is Aaron. These are my children. That's who I am. You notice John doesn't even give his name. He doesn't doesn't give his name, he doesn't identify himself, and and today we're going to be talking some about identity in a world that gains its sense of identity in the craziest things. then we must get back to the most important identity that we have, and that's who we are in Jesus Christ. Who are you in Christ? See, that is your true self. That is who you really are. It's not how you identify yourself. It's not in how you, where you work. It's not in your appearance. It's not in who your friends are. Your true identity, and I want you to get this. This is very important this morning. Your true identity, your source of identity is who you are in Jesus Christ. So who are you? I'd like to look at the second half of John the Baptist's answer Today, Let's pray and ask God to help us this morning Lord we we need you I need you I pray that you would bless the reading of your word that you would then bless our time in the word and God you know there are some things I'll be visiting this morning that could be uh, controversial or a hot button issue and I'm begging you Lord that you'd help me to do it in a way that would that that my spirit would be obvious And yet there are things that we we need to deal with when we talk about identity um, that it's important that we think biblically about these things. And yet in the end, I pray that that wouldn't be what people take away, Lord. I pray that the takeaway is that our identity in Jesus Christ is our true identity. That's the source of our identity. Help us, Lord, to be open to your word. Pray that your Holy Spirit has free reign in this room right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. In 2015, there was a, a national story that came out about a woman named Rachel Dolezal. She was a, a college uh, instructor she, uh, in eastern Washington. She was an activist for, um, for the African-American causes. Um, she identified herself as African-American um, she made allegations that she had actually been the vic- victim of a race-related crime. And in response to those allegations, her own parents came out with a public statement saying that Rachel was actually only pretending to be African-American. I don't know if you remember this story, but, but that she it, it was a national story that her parents then, in response to her making these allegations, said she was actually born to two Caucasian parents. She's not, her race is actually not what she's claiming. Um, And in the resulting investigation, her allegations of hate crimes were dismissed. Um, Her parentage was proven to be Caucasian. She was removed from her teaching position in the university. And she was also removed from her position as president of the local NAACP. And I I don't know, if you remember that that story stands out to me um, because she later, she really buckled down. She kind of dug her heels in. She acknowledged that she was born to, and in her words, she was born to, born white to white parents, but, made, but, but she self-identified as black. And that's, that is just an interesting story that maybe some saw as a blip in the radar. But I, I really believe it's become a microcosm. And I hope you understand, I'm not saying anything insensitive today. I'm just, anytime you deal with race, it, it can be a sensitive topic. My point is not about race. It's about that this woman chose to identify herself in a way that was not reality. Right. You know, she, she chose to identify herself as one thing, and yet biology or science said, no, actually, this is who, I, who she is. Um, The idea of identity has never been more confused. Uh, And it's most prevalent, you know, even in the realm of like gender identity, you can now choose from dozens of identities. It's it's no longer just male and female and, and someone needs to declare truth, okay? So that's what I'm doing today is to declare truth that the Bible says there are two created genders, it's male and female. He creates us as one or the other. And when God looked at male and female in Genesis chapter 1, Adam and Eve, those two, he he said, this is good. He said, essentially, when he declared this is good, what he was saying is nothing else is needed. All we need is we need male, we need female, this is good. It's not a cultural construct to embrace your God-given gender. It's not something that we've made up as we go along. No, actually, it's just as much a trendy cultural construct to identify in a way that's opposed to your biology. And the same crowd then that says, follow the science, suddenly says biology doesn't matter in this area. So like the case of Rachel Dolezal, self-identification didn't change her reality. I may identify as tall, But I, I can tell you this, if you don't call me tall, I won't be offended. Because you have two eyes and a brain. <laughs> um, I could identify as Hispanic. But that, amen. man. <laughs> but that doesn't change the truth or the reality of my birth. Comprende? Um, I learned that from Sammy this week, so. I may identify as 20 years old, but my birth certificate... And the gray in my beard dispute that. Listen, I, I know there is genuine confusion about this. And, and I'm not making light of it. I'm, I'm trying to give you a balanced look at, at the, just the logic or the, ra- the reason or the rationale behind this. I know there is genuine confusion about it. But it's not because God made a mistake in creating you. No, it's because we are sinners, and anytime sin gets inserted, it confuses what God has already made clear. And if we, by faith, would simply choose to believe and follow God's word on these matters, all the confusion would be cleared up. We must just choose to obey God's word instead of following our feelings. Listen, this message is not about identity politics. I'm using that as a springboard into this thought that when we leave God out of our lives, everything gets confusing. And you can call yourself what you want to. You can demand that others call you what you want to be called. But when you stand before God in judgment, the only identity that will matter in that moment is who you are in Jesus Christ. See, your relationship with Christ is the source of your true identity. We have all of this confusion. We have all of these options when it comes to identities. And we have people claiming an identity that is not reality. Put all of that aside is my point right now. And consider this. The one identity that matters the most in your life is who you are in Jesus Christ. When you stand before God at your judgment seat appearance, and you will, we all will, it'll be you by yourself, it will be me by myself standing before God. I will not answer for the identities I came up for on my own or the things I wanted to be called. No, in that moment, the identity that matters the most is who I am in Jesus Christ. And if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, then in that moment, God will look at you. He will identify you as a child of God and he will say, welcome into heaven for eternity. That's the identity that you want. On the other hand, there will be those who reject Jesus Christ and reject his offer of salvation. And they say no to that and their identity. When they stand before God in judgment by themselves, he will look at them and maybe look at somebody in this room. And rather than say, you're a child of God, that's your identity. He will say, no, your identity is I never knew you. And he will say, depart from me. And you will forever be separated from God, cast away from his presence for eternity. Listen, no identity matters more than who you are in Christ. Don't get caught up in your feelings or don't try to find your source of identity in other ways. It's not about where you work. It's not about what you do. It's not about your last name. It's not about your talent. It's not about how you identify yourself in some way that's out there or some way that's out there. No, it's about who you are in relation to Jesus Christ. John the Baptist saw this, and that's why his answers are so good here in John 1. Because I just want to review some of what we looked at last week. And the first thought we looked at last week was this. That John the Baptist's identity was to point people to Jesus... That was his goal, that he wanted to point everyone to Jesus Christ. That was his, that was his purpose. If you read the first uh, 18 verses, then, then you know he said, I'm not that light. I'm pointing people to that light. His job was this, look at the light. Look at Jesus. Look at the light. So these Jews, they, they send priests and Levites, the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, these religious leaders, they send Jews to, to John the Baptist in the wilderness where he's preaching and, and he's baptizing and, and, and he's affecting their religious control. And they don't like that because they've got control over the children of Israel there and, and they've got control over the religion. And that's why they so violently opposed and hated Jesus Christ because he came along and he was hurting their religious business. So they come to John in the wilderness and they say, who are you? And he could have identified himself in a lot of ways. You know, he could have said, I'm the first cousin of the Messiah, just wait. He could have said, my father was Zacharias, the priest, maybe you remember him. My mother was the one who got pregnant at a very old age and had me, remember, I'm the miracle baby, you probably remember me. No, he didn't talk about himself at all. He didn't say his name at all. No, he said, I'm not the Christ. And what he was saying is my identity, my most important identity is who I am compared to Jesus Christ and I'm not him. They knew, they were coming looking for a Messiah. They wanted somebody to deliver them from Rome and he made it clear, I'm not the Messiah. I'm not Elijah. Malachi was the last prophet to write to the children of Israel and, and he had said that Elijah would come before the day of the Lord. So they thought, well, maybe this is Elijah. They come, are you Elias? Are you Elijah? And he says, I'm not Elijah. They say, are you that prophet that Moses referred to in Deuteronomy 18? He said, no, I'm not just another one of the prophets. Uh, John, I, he says, I'm okay. Okay with all of these things that I'm not. See, I'm nobody important, he says. He wasn't comparing himself to the Messiah and he wasn't comparing himself to Elijah and he wasn't comparing himself to the prophets. He, he said, I'm not defeated by being nothing special. I'm not, it's not going to hurt my feelings if you say I'm nobody. I am nobody. I'm not anything important. And last week's message focused on that, that we can be so defeated by what we're not. And we look around and say, well, they can sing and I can't. Or they can teach and I can't. Or they're good at this and I'm not. Or they're making this kind of money and I'm not. Look what they're driving. Look what I'm driving. I mean, we can play the comparison game all the time. But what we learn from John, it's not about what you are not. It is about who you are in Jesus Christ. That matters the most. The Lord is not interested in using people who think there's something So accept your am not and embrace the great I am and recognize that if you will simply submit yourself and depend on the great I am, he can turn your are nots into something you never dreamed he could use you for. You don't have to be the brightest. You don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be the most talented. You don't have to be the most religious. You don't have to have been raised in church. You simply have to say, I am not, but God is everything and he is all I need. It's okay to be an R-Not. It's okay. I wish Ms. Ruby was here. She's an R-Not. <laughs> it's okay to be an Am-Not. And typically, those are the ones God uses anyway. You don't have to be perfect to be saved. You don't have to be talented to be used. You don't have to come from some Christian family to walk with God. You simply have to be humble enough to allow what you are not drive you to depend on the great I am. But John's answer wasn't over. See, he started with, here's who I am not. But here's where we get to the new thoughts today. He didn't stop at what he's not. No, his identity was not about who he is not. Rather, John's identity was about who he was in Christ. See, he gives us three ways that you can tell if your source of identity is in Jesus Christ or not. Three ways that you can tell. So today, we're, we're trying to def- decide. Listen, I'm not trying to let you decide to self-identify. That's not my point. My point is we want to look at the Bible and let the Bible identify us. Okay, so how would the Bible identify someone whose identity is in Jesus Christ? Okay, look at what the first thing that John, John is. John is, he says, I'm a witness for Christ. I'm a witness for Christ. Look at Verse 23. He says, he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord and as, as said the prophet Isaiah. So John says the first way that you and I can tell that if we are finding our identity, our source of identity in Jesus Christ is if we are a witness for Christ. He's quoting Isaiah 40 verse 3. He says, I am a bold witness. My job, I'm not even going to give you my name. I'm not going to give you my background. I'm just going to tell you what my life is all about. And my life is all about being a witness for Jesus Christ. I'm a bold voice declaring that the Messiah is near. Listen, you don't have, and I want you to hear this. You don't have to be a special talent to declare truth. You simply have to be willing to declare truth. This world needs truth speakers. This world needs to know there's a place they can go and hear truth. Where else are you going to get truth? You're not going to get it from the politicians. You're not going to get it in schools. You're not going to get it from Hollywood. You're not going to get it from the media. You're not going to get it from social media. No, that's why we need pulpits like this one. A flame committed to declaring what is true in a country that is looking for truth. There needs to be a place where truth can be found unfiltered. And listen, there's nowhere else you can go and trust that you're going to hear truth there. Except in churches like this one right here. Boldly declaring God's word. The most likely place is in Bible preaching churches where God's word is lifted up every week. But it, listen, I want you to understand, I know that the church is the pillar and ground of the truth, but the, it's not the building that's the pillar and ground of the truth. See, we need to declare truth in the church, but we need to declare truth as a church. It is our job to be the pillar and ground of the truth in a, in a world where nobody else is hearing truth. Nobody else is giving truth. Listen, at home, moms and dads, declare the truth. At work, declare the truth. In your daily interactions with people, give the truth. You don't have to be special to be a witness. You don't have to be talented. You don't have to be attractive. You don't have to be intellectual. You just simply have to be willing to speak the truth. By the way, as a balance, speak the truth in love. Because truth, our positions matter, but our dispositions do as well. Embrace your identity as a truth speaker. Do it in love because the people you're around every day may only get one shot, one person in their life that will ever tell them about Jesus Christ. Embrace your identity as a messenger for Christ. Well, what do we speak, pastor? What do we say? Well, what truth was John declaring? He, He was talking about Jesus. He said, make straight way... The, make straight the way of the Lord. So this comes from the idea of beaten tracks or a smooth path. And if someone important is coming or someone royal is going to visit your city, then they would go. They fill in the holes. They would smooth out the path so that journey was easier. And we know we live in Sioux Falls. And we have four seasons. We have summer and we have fall and we have winter and we have pothole <laughs> season. Which kind of overlaps all of them. I'm thankful for those pothole crews that are making the way straight for us. Because that's the idea that John is saying. No, my job, it's not about me. My job is to prepare every person I come in contact with for the day that they stand before Jesus Christ in judgment. That's my job. I'm making the way straight. I'm trying to give them a path to Jesus Christ. John is saying, hey, the king is coming. And he's coming and he will judge you. And if you're not ready, you're in trouble because it's coming. So it's time to get clean. It's time to get right. And he comes from preaching repentance. Repent. Get right. Confess your sins. Listen, if the king is coming, you better be ready. Get things right. Today. Now. You say, well, you know, Jesus Christ already came. No, Jesus Christ is coming again. And my message to you this morning to declare truth is that the king is coming. And we don't know when. And to make the, pay, the way straight for you means I warn you so that you can be ready for the king when he comes. And we have those in this room today that you're ready for the king to come. And that your salvation has been settled. But we have some in this room that I could say probably are not there. And you're not ready for Jesus Christ to return. And when he returns this time, then it's too late. And you've got to be ready for his return. He'll come and all the saved, he'll remove. There'll be a time of judgment. Listen, we will all stand before God by ourselves. You won't get to take your parents. You won't get to take your friends. It'll be you and God alone. And you will answer for what you did with Jesus while you were on this earth. If you receive him you can enter into heaven if you've rejected him then you will be cast out separated from God forever and I just want to tell you today listen I'm not John the Baptist but can I just tell you this the king is coming judgment is coming and if you're not ready for the judgment seat then it'll be a long and hard and difficult time for you and I just want to say be ready and folks we must say be ready you'll meet people this week that i'll never get to talk to and it is your job to make straight the way of the lord it is your job to tell them to be ready and if you want to know if your source of identity is in jesus answer this question am i a willing witness for jesus christ when's the last time that you spoke to your co-workers When's the last time you declared truth to your family? When's the last time that you witnessed to your friends? When's the last time that you boldly with love spoke the truth because you want people to know that the king is coming and judgment is almost here. Listen, if you say, yes, my identity is in Jesus Christ, but your life is, is absent of being a willing witness, then your ch- the chances are your source of identity is not in Jesus Christ. Because those who choose to place their source of identity in Jesus will be a willing witness for Jesus. What else does he say in verse 24? Here's the second mark, the second mark that we know our source of identity is in Christ. He says in verse 24, he said, and they which were sent were the Pharisees and they asked him and said unto him, why baptizest thou then if thou be not Christ nor Elias, neither that prophet? John answered them saying, I baptize with water. So I'm going to stop there because the second mark here is that you know that you're a true, truly finding your source of identity in Christ if you are a servant of Christ. He said, I am a witness for Christ, but number two, I am a servant of Christ. See, the Jews ask, listen, if you're nobody, why are you baptizing? I mean, That's humbling. See, back then, baptism would have been primarily, it would have been an act, baptism by immersion, would have primarily been an act for the Gentiles that come, and they say, I want to convert to Judaism, and if a Gentile was to do that, then, then they would baptize, they would immerse them. And, and it was because we know that the Jews, if you read the Old Testament, they were very big on ritual cleansing and, and, and washing with water. And if a Gentile comes and says, I would like to be a part of the Jewish faith, they, you, know, you would say, well, you need lots of cleansing because you're a Gentile. So they would take you and baptize you for the extra cleansing. and and they would and it was not it was not that it literally washed sins away we need to understand that baptism has never been about literally washing sins away it's always been a symbol of something and now it's a symbol of what's of faith placing our faith in Jesus Christ and and we're buried with him and our sins are are placed on him he rose in victory over our sins when you're baptized and brought up it's a symbol of what happened to Jesus Christ there's nothing spiritual about the water your sins don't washing down the drain it is a symbol of what's taken place on the outside or sorry on the inside just an outward symbol of that it's also a step of obedience that god asks us to do it's a mark of a christian to be scripturally baptized and and so back then it was a mark of a gentile that's wanting to convert to judaism and here's john out in the wilderness and he's not just baptizing gentiles he's baptizing the jews And that gets the attention of the religious leadership. And and so they come to him and say, what authority do you have? Who are you? Well, we know that Jesus himself implies that God gave John directly. He gave him the authority. He commissioned him to baptize in Matthew 21. So John, listen, was simply obeying what God had told him to do. He was simply serving in whatever way he could serve. He was obediently and visibly serving God, even when it caused him some trouble, even when it was inconvenient. I mean, he's out in the wilderness and he's eating locusts and wild honey. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I could go that far. To to serve God. But here's John giving us an example to say of all the things that I am. It doesn't really matter my last name. It doesn't really matter who my parents are. No, I am going to serve God. That's my most important occupation. And whatever he asks me to do, I'm going to do it. See, there are too many people in today's Christian economy saying, I'm a Christian without works to identify them as such. In what consistent way, I'm asking this morning, in what consistent way, what visible way do you serve God? What about your life is different than someone who who doesn't claim to be a follower of God? What what did you do this week to prove that you are a follower of God? Because if you do follow God, and if your identity is found in Jesus Christ, there will be evidence on a weekly basis, there will be evidence that you serve God. Here's the thing about service, anyone can serve God. He can use the least likely, he can use the least talented, he can use the least experienced... His only requirement is that you are willing to do whatever he asks, just like John. Your identity in Christ is largely based on your willingness to obey God's word. Let that define you. Let this be your label, servant. Of all the things that I am, yes, I'm a witness because I know that that helps me identify with Jesus Christ. But also I am a servant. It's not about self-identification. No, it's about his identification of you. Someday you're going to stand before God. And you know what he, what, you know his identifier? You know what he says to those that were faithful? What does he say? Well done, thou good and faithful what? Servant. servant. You know what? God is looking for people, not that we identify ourselves. If I get up and say, I am a servant. I am the most humble servant I know. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying you live your life in such a way that when you stand before God, he labels you as a servant. Let your identity in Jesus Christ drive you to serve. Because here, Jesus Christ was a servant. He was a humble servant. And listen, he can use anybody. And he, I know it, it, you think, I don't have what it takes. It doesn't take much to be a servant. You just willingness To obey God's word. Would God God himself call you a servant? Do you consistently and willingly serve? If your source of identity is in Christ, you will have visible areas of service. But John takes it further. So yes, he says, if my source of identity is in Christ. Here's how we can know. I'm a witness. Second, I am a servant. And third, I am a worshiper. I'm a worshiper. Look at verse 26. He says, and they, uh, John answered them saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoe latchet I am not worthy to unloose. Remember, John could have impressed the Jews. He could have said, you know who I am? You know who my dad is? John could have had serious mainline religious influence. I mean, maybe a little bit like the Apostle Paul. Paul was an influencer, not on YouTube, in the Sanhedrin. He was an influencer. He had influence, people listen to him. But, here, but like Paul, here's John saying, my identity is not in how I compare to other people. I don't really care if, if you listen or, or I don't really care. I'm not saying you, he doesn't care if you listen. I'm not really caring if you follow me. I don't really care if you lift me up. That's not really my goal. My goal is to simply be reminded every day of who I am before Jesus Christ. I don't compare myself with others, he says. I compare myself with Jesus Christ. And when I compare myself to Jesus Christ, I don't get lifted up. I actually get brought low. He said, I'm not even worthy to undo his sandals. His shoe latchet. I'm not even worthy to touch the shoe latchet. If you take somebody's sandals off, because he says, I'm not worthy whose shoe latchet, I am not worthy to unloose. So the idea is that the person has been wearing those shoes and walking around the dirty streets. And John said, I'm not even talking about putting your shoes on before you go out and get dirty. I mean at the end of the day when you've been out walking around and your feet are dirty and muddy and gross. And a lot of people don't like feet anyway. But John says, I'm not even worthy to touch the foot of my Savior After he's been walking in the dirt all day. I'm not even worthy. And so I want you to understand the posture. Here's John. And he says, I'm not even worthy to be down on my knees. Doing this with the feet of Jesus Christ. And he's talking about the worthiness of Jesus Christ. And the worthiness of Christ is what leads us to worship when you recognize who God is compared to who we are, the only posture, the only natural response to the knowledge of his worthiness and our unworthiness is to be on our faces before him in worship. And Here's John, and he says, I identify with Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you how I know and how maybe you could know that you identify with Jesus is that worship is not below you that you are willing to worship listen those someone whose identity is in Christ will be a humble worshipper and yet it's hard to find humble worshipers those that prioritize lifting up Christ and lowering themselves listen when we gather it's not about us it's about him It's about lifting him up and ourselves being brought low. If you struggle with humbling yourself before God, if you struggle with showing up for services, if you have a tough time singing his praises or kneeling in his presence, it could be that your source of identity is not found in Jesus Christ because if it was, you would have no problem being humble because you know what kind of a holy God he is and what kind of wretched sinner you are before him. Our highest calling is to be humble before a holy God. Jesus bowed himself and he washed his disciples' feet. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Here's the God of heaven humbling himself like that. And my question is, where are his humble worshipers? Where are those willing to humble themselves before him? In worship, how consistently do you spend time humbling yourself before God? I mean, at home on your knees or on your face or with your head bowed before a holy God recognizing who he is compared to who you are but I also mean right here in these services uh, how often do you humble yourself before a God who deserves your worship and who is so much higher than anything we could grasp in our minds and yet he goes maybe Sunday after Sunday looking for worshipers and maybe doesn't find them. We can be consumed with self, so consumed that we somehow start to think we're the special ones. But we aren't worthy to undo his shoes. And we need to go back to that level of humility. My question today is very simple. Is Jesus Christ the source of of your identity? say, well, how am I supposed to know that? Here's how you know that. Are you a faithful, are you a willing witness? Are you a faithful servant? Are you a humble worshiper? Listen, any of us can be any of these. But many of us us are none of these. I'm going to say that again. Any of us can be any of these. We can all be witnesses. We can all be servants. We can all be worshipers. Any of us can be any of these. But many of us are none of these. Let me just tell you, it doesn't have to stay that way. Anyone can witness, anyone can serve, anyone can worship. Let me just give you some applications and we'll start to wrap this up. The more you embrace who you are in Christ, the bigger difference you will make for Christ. The more you embrace who you are in Christ, the bigger the difference you'll make for Christ. Let me just say this, men, I know we like to identify ourselves. Here's how men like to do it. Uh, Hey, uh, what's your name, Bill? What do you do, Bill? Well, I'm a mechanic. You talk to a man, a man about what he does, he usually tells you what he, where he works. That's his identity. And, and, and that's fine to prioritize work. Every man ought to work, ought to labor, ought to uh, bring uh, you know support his family. It's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. But I'm telling you this, if that's your identity, you will miss out on your identity in Jesus Christ. Rather than say, here's what I do, No, think about it this way. I'm going to find my source of identity in Jesus Christ. How? I'm going to be a witness. I'm going to be a servant. I'm going to be a worshiper. And let me just tell you this. If you'll prioritize those things for Jesus, he'll let you make a bigger difference at work than you ever would have leaving him out of the process. So rather than identify yourself in what you do, identify yourself in who you are in Jesus and watch him help you make a difference you never thought you could in your workplace. Ladies, being a mom and talking to moms, being a mom is not your source of identity. I know it can be. That's all you ever hear. You hear the word mom 800,000 times a day. Mom, 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 mom. Well, I, I understand. but It can get... It can become overwhelming, but if you will model, rather than letting your identity be in your, your, in your children, no, if you will model speaking the truth, and if you will model being a servant-minded wife and mom, if you will model being a humble worshiper for God, you'll impact your family in a difference-making way more than you ever would, leaving Jesus out of the process. Teenagers, your source of identity, and this is big, it's not in your popularity but if you will embrace your role, who you are in Christ as a witness and as a servant and as a worshiper, you could make a difference in your generation. Right, I'm just saying that, that we often leave Jesus out of our identity, but Jesus is our identity. And if you want to make a difference in your life with the people around you, then embrace who you are in Jesus Christ and allow God to help you make a difference you never thought you could. Another application is this. It is only when we are sure of our identity in Christ that we can effectively point others to Christ. It is only when we are sure of our identity in Christ that we can point others to Christ. You can't point people to Jesus if you don't know him. How are you going to tell somebody about somebody you don't know? I'm just going to ask you, this all starts at salvation do you know that if you died today, you'd be on your way to heaven? Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Because all the things I've talked about today, they're all they make no difference for you if you don't have a relationship with Him in the first place. Are you saved? Do you have peace? I'm talking internal peace in your heart. Do you? you did you know you can have peace today? To know that you can leave this place knowing Jesus Christ and having a peace that passes understanding. But you must acknowledge your sin and by faith receive him as your savior. And I'm just telling you, you can do that today. Because none of this matters if you don't know Jesus Christ. But it's not just the unsaved that need to know Jesus. It's God's children that need to know Jesus too. Christian, do you know Jesus? Do you walk with him? Do you have a relationship with him? You say, well, I think my source of identity is in Jesus. I'm pretty sure I'm doing well. Okay, how willingly do you witness? How faithfully do you serve? How humbly do you worship? Three really easy ways to tell if your source of identity really is in Christ or if maybe you've lost sight of your true identity. Who are you? I'm not asking who you identify as. I'm asking who does God identify you as? If He is the one putting the label on your life, what would He say about you? Would He say this? Would He say, not saved? Eternity is coming. And again, I'm not John the Baptist, but I'm here to help you to know that the King is coming. Judgment is coming. And you must be prepared. If God's label for you is not saved, then let me just say, you must be saved if you're going to spend eternity with God in heaven. And today's the day, friend. What would God identify you as? Would he say, saved, but complacent? You're a child of God, and yeah, you're, but your label is, I just don't really care that much. You're backslidden, maybe you're further away from God than you've ever been, maybe. And you just aren't giving much to the Lord right now, and he's given you everything. He gave you his best, and he deserves your best, but you've kind of been, become complacent. Is that your label? Maybe if God was identifying you, he'd say saved, but comparing. Meaning, yes, you're saved, but you're comparing yourself to everybody else. And you don't feel like you're good enough for some, but you feel like you're better than others. Say, well, I'm not even, I'm, at least I'm not them or uh, can you believe what they did? At least that's not me. No, humility means like John the Baptist that you compare yourself only with Jesus Christ. That's the only comparison that matters. And when you do that, your only response is this. I'm not even worthy of taking his shoes off. Stop comparing yourselves to others. Compare yourself to Christ and let that be your motivation. How would, how would God identify you? Would he say saved but inconsistent. Meaning you're doing, you're putting in work, you're putting in effort, but you're just not faithful. You're not consistent. You can't be relied on You have these positions but no one knows if you're going to show up or no one knows if you're going to be where you need to be and it's time to get serious about serving God. It's time to get serious about being a consistent witness. It's time to get serious about being a consistent worshiper and being in your place, not just on Sunday mornings but Sunday nights and Wednesday nights when your church family gathers together that you're going to be there and they know you're going to be there and you're going to be a humble worshiper. It's time to get consistent. Maybe God's identifier for you. I mean, would it be, are you a witness? Would he say witness, faithful, willing witness? Would he say faithful servant? Would he say humble worshiper? Listen, I don't know how else to help you define your identity identity in Jesus Christ besides these three questions. Are you a willing witness? Are you a faithful servant? Are you a humble worshiper? Anyone can be any of these things. But most people are none of these things. In my opinion, Eastside Baptist Church, if we want to be difference makers, then we need to be all of these things. We need to be willing witnesses, faithful servants, humble worshipers. If you and I want to point people to Jesus Christ, we need to witness, serve, and worship Is that your identity? How have you been identifying yourself? Well, let's take a step back from that and say, I don't want to identify myself anymore. I want God to identify me. When you do that, you find that your life makes a difference in a way you never thought you could before. I said every every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to ask a couple questions this morning. Let me start by saying this. If, if you were to say, I know that if I died today, I'd be on my way to heaven. I know that 100% that if I died, I'd be on my way to heaven. Would you just raise your hand and say, that's me? Okay, that's my testimony. Most, most people raising their hands. I'm thankful. You can put your hands down. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody this morning. But this morning, I'm going to ask the question the other If you died today, you don't know that you'd be on your way to heaven. You don't know that if you died that you'd spend eternity with God or be separated from him potentially forever. And you say, I'm just not sure. Uh, Would you be willing to just raise your hand and let me pray for you this morning? Okay, I see one hand to my left here. See, one hand to my right. Anyone else? You can put your hands down. Thank you. Anybody else that would say, I don't know that if I died today, I'd be on my way to heaven. Anybody else that hasn't raised their hand yet? So we have to. Thank you. I see that. Thank you, young lady. So I'm just going to ask you today, would you be willing, would you be willing to make a decision for Jesus Christ today? Would you be, would you be willing to talk to somebody this morning about salvation? And I'm just going to ask you, if you raised your hand, would you just look at me real quick? I'm not going to embarrass anybody if you raised your hand. If you raised your hand about salvation, would you just look at me? Would you be willing to, to visit with somebody, have them show you from the Bible? We can help you with that right now. I'm going to have my wife come. And, and if you would be willing just to visit with her and she'll take you out of the room, okay? Anybody else this morning that would say, I'd love to talk to somebody about salvation this morning? You say, I, I need to visit with somebody about my, my eternal destiny. Anybody else today? Okay, so that means that the rest in this room are Christians. And you say, I'm, I'm saved. I know I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. But it's time for me to get more serious about my identity in Christ. I've let other things identify me. And that has become my life rather than Jesus Christ. Maybe, would you say that? Would that be true of you? Is anybody, would you just raise a hand to say, I've let other things identify me. I see that to my right. Every section, we've got hands in every section. So today, uh, would you be willing to submit yourself to the word as the Holy Spirit works and make a decision for Christ today to say that I know I need my identity to be found in Jesus Christ, not in other things. And it's time for me to take a step maybe in the area of witnessing have you been a faithful or willing witness would you raise your hand and say I need to do better at witnessing okay all around the room okay what about being a servant a faithful servant I need to be more consistent in my service to God would that be true would you say I need to be more consistent okay I see those hands maybe say a humble worshiper I need to be more serious about worship not in my own my relationship of course I see that hand Hands everywhere, but also when I come to church, be serious about worshiping. Listen, if God has worked in your heart about any of these three areas, would you give him the courtesy of a response? He's worked in you, would you respond to him? And I wanna encourage you, you could pray or see. I wanna encourage you to pray at the altar. It just seems to maybe confirm it a little bit more. And if you would like somebody to pray for you, we'll have people down here that'd be more than willing to do that. Let's stand together. I'll pray, and then we'll have a verse of invitation. And give you an opportunity to respond. Father, thank you for the word. I pray that you'd work in our lives, give us the courage to respond as we should. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen.